Welcome to the IVF Journey with Dr. Michael Chapman, the podcast for couples who struggle with infertility and want to fulfill their dreams of becoming parents. To access previous episodes packed with ideas, solutions, and tips that actually work, head over to Dr. Chapman's IVF podcast on iTunes. You can also ask questions by contacting Dr. Chapman's rooms on 1-800-111-483 or by emailing him michael.chapman at ivf.com.au. Hi, this is Professor Chapman. Recently we've been doing some Facebook Live sessions where I've been answering questions from the listeners and participants. What you're about to hear now is some audio of those segments and I hope they'll be useful for you. One of the other hormone games that I was taught 40 years ago in this situation is to put the person on the contraceptive pill for six weeks, which switches off the pituitary gland. That's how it works as a contraceptive. Switches off the hormone levels, which are at high level in the, men, in the perimenopause, resting the ovary from being battered by these high levels of FSH and LH, relax them. And then people have reported, and I've certainly seen it happen, something called rebound ovulation, that the ovary is suddenly exposed to the pituitary hormones from being at very baseline levels going up and the ovary waking up and going, maybe, this, maybe I can respond to this. But I'd have to say in 35 years of using this, I've probably only had three pregnancies. So it's long odds, whatever. And, but the odds are there. And sadly, people, when, they, when those odds come good for them, blame whatever happened to them rather than just possibly chance, which is probably the most likely thing. But you are, if you're in that category, you want to have a baby, you'll do anything possible. I think the important thing is not to use supplements that you don't know what's in them or, or a specialist hasn't uh, approved them. Secondly, don't spend thousands and thousands of dollars on treatments that are very marginal. I appreciate that you want a baby, but there are limits to what anybody can do for you. That's my message for the day in relation to those ladies who are in the perimenopause who still want to have a baby. The other topic um, that got airing, is, and it's getting airing at virtually every scientific meeting that involves fertility or obstetrics and gynaecology, is a breakthrough in Sydney at the Royal Hospital for Women earlier this year of undertaking the first uterine transplant in Australia. The, this type of approach was pioneered in Sweden, and they've now got, I think it's 15 or 16 babies born from women two women who previously did not have a uterus, either because of congenital abnormality or, as in the case this time, in this case from the Royal, sadly she's had at her childbirth some five years ago, she bled so much the gynecologist obstetricians had to actually take her uterus out. But her mother has donated her uterus. <laughs> it was re-implanted in January. And it's, it's a, you're talking about a 10-hour procedure, joining all the little blood vessels together. And she, we, the general advice has been not to be pregnant for six months. She didn't wait. She's now, apparently now, six weeks pregnant and hopefully will carry that pregnancy through. 
Uh, they've done another two or three transplants since then. And I noticed at the conference that the other RPA also in Sydney have were announcing their first transplants. So sadly, we've got two units in Sydney uh, competing for the pride of having the first baby. At the moment, the Royal is winning. Dr. Rebecca Deans leads that group. So there's ethical dilemmas that go along with you try and transplants because there have been, I think it's two deaths from women who've had uterine transplants due to infection because they, to suppress their immune system, they have to take significant medication. So it's not without its risks. So we tread carefully. The second issue is where do you get a uterus from? Not everyone's got a nice mother. Do you take them from like a kidney when someone passes away, a donation? That's the other real source of a uterus. So there's research going on, what we are working out with how that's best done. The kidney, obviously the kidney stuff has been done for getting on for 50 years now and it's highly successful. So maybe uterus will be good as well. We shall see. Watch this space. Exciting stuff. Others, you know, the other criticism is you could just be a, have a surrogate. It's safer, except you can't really find a surrogate. And in Australia, we're not allowed to pay surrogates. You know, maybe this is an alternative to that. But it's a huge medical expense for this experiment. And certainly some of my colleagues are very negative about, <laughs> about other gynecologists indulging in this experimental activity. But we shall see. And don't forget that you can access all the previous episodes by going to our website www.theivfjourney.com and select IVF Journey Podcast from the navigation menu. Thank you for listening to The IVF Journey with Dr. Michael Chapman, the podcast which helps couples negotiate their way through the IVF journey all the way to parenthood. You can also ask questions by contacting Dr. Chapman's rooms on 1-800-111-483 or by emailing him michael.chapman at ivf.com.au.